0: Welcome to Plymouth Community Church. This is our morning service and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today on what is called, I am still here. So we're still here. You're still here. You're above the ground. Why? Because you have been destined for such a time as this. Hey, we made it through COVID-19. We've made it through the fire. We've made it through the floods. We've made it through hurricanes, financial difficulties, high gas prices, food inflation, house inflation. Oh my, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, well, we're still here, aren't we? You know, this message came about because I was at a center where they have brain injury individuals and so we go once a month and share our music and give a message and share all kinds of things about the future and going to heaven and salvation and you know we we do the whole churchy gambit so at the very end of our event this last time i asked them so can you give me any of your comments what would you like to add to this And one lady raised her hand and she says, I'm still here. You see, what I realized was they weren't really caring about tomorrow. They already know where they're going. They already know they're close to death, all right? What they want to do is they want to live in the moment today, what they have. And I think that's a good way to live because you know, Jesus came to give us life, not to come and take it away. He never would have had you born if that was the case. No, He came so that you would have life, and life abundantly. John 10, 10. He came to give us life abundantly. If your life isn't abundant right now, tune in. This is a great message for you. So we were all chosen for such a time as this. We weren't born in the 1800s, the 1700s, the 747 bc we were born today today is the day of salvation you are exactly where you need to be and i'll tell you why there is a story in the uh old testament in genesis and it's about jacob his name is israel his name was jacob at first he was the um you know he had a He actually did a lot of weird lying and cheating and he was called the trickster, okay? But his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Well, he had 12 children. Among those children was Joseph, the coat of many colors, right? He loved Joseph. Well, Joseph was, you know, sold. He went into slavery. 13 years later, they reconnect. Okay, so here's what's going on. When they reconnected, Jacob said to Joseph, I want to adopt your two firstborn sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. I want them as my own. You're thinking, well, that's odd. No, you know what it's doing? It's allowing Jacob who has been given the blessings of God to go into the line of Joseph's children. You see, what he did that moment was prepare for the future so that the generations to follow would be blessed. You know, they're always saying, my father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. People, when they pray, they always talk about my, you know, God, the father of um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Always talking about those three, because they were the pillars. They were the grounds people of our blessings today. And through that lineage, the blessings would follow in their generations. So I have to ask you this question. Is what you're doing today gonna impact your generations to follow? Yes. I'll get to that in just a moment. So what the Lord does is He keeps us. You know, we don't even keep ourselves. It's He that keeps us. Even Psalm uh, 21 says that um, He is the shade on my right hand. He keeps me. He that keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So he's not sleeping on your case. He's wide awake. There is no darkness in heaven. There is no night in heaven. It's daylight all the time. So he keeps us. So let's talk a look, take a look at what the scripture says. Psalm 1010, again, I said it earlier, but Jesus came to give life. Mediocre? Just a little bit? Just to get by? No abundantly so again we're going to talk a little bit about at the end and pray for you to receive that abundance that abundance in your life because a lot of us are oh I'm just woke up okay I'm gonna get through another day I just you know I don't feel good today but I'm gonna get through another day okay God wants more for you than just getting through another day or hanging in there how many people say to you oh I'm just hanging in there I'm sorry I don't want to be hanged. <laughs> I don't want to be hung I want to be an overcomer. I want to have the abundance. And I believe you do too. So let's see what the Bible says. Psalm 66, 8 through 10 says this. Oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Oh, bless our God and make our voice to be heard. Don't be go, say, Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> In your elevator, up and down the elevator. Oh, Lord, you're good. With your mouth. And it says, which holds our soul in life and suffers not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Okay, a lot of our trials that we go through do you win? Do you overcome? Or do you go, well, I get to do that one again. Well, sometimes we have to say, well, I failed that one. I know I'm gonna have to do that again. I opened my mouth when God told me not to. I went over there when God told me not to. I guess I get to do it again, and yes, you do. So here's the thing. When we bless our God, you will make better choices for your life. So before you go and do anything, in your car, whatever you're driving to, go, Lord, I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name and listen to see which direction to take. Isaiah 38, 20 says, The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore will we sing my songs to the string instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. We're in the house of the Lord. But here's the thing, this was Old Testament. House of the Lord was an actual building, a temple. We're the house of the Lord now. So you can sing to the Lord in your bathtub, uh, changing baby diapers, vacuuming. We sing in the kitchen while we're doing our dishes. i tell you what, it makes doing dishes a whole lot funner. <laughs> Song of Solomon says the banner over me is love not death <laughs> you know it's like oh I feel like this this heaviness is over on top of me well that's death where's the banner of love love says it casts out all that uh, last Sunday I had a lady come up to me and say Linda you've got a cloud I can see a cloud over you and it made me sad I said well pray pray for me I said, I understand that cloud, actually. You're right on. So I said, Lord, remove the cloud from me. It was just an oppression. It was a spirit that was trying to squash me. And it went like that once it was recognized. Once somebody came to me and said, you got a cloud over your head. Let people tell you what's going on and then you can say, Lord, is that true? And I'd say 90% of the time it is. 1 John 5, 12 says, he that has the Son, Jesus Christ, Not Buddha, not Hare Krishna, not um, the God of AA, not... uh, I mean, I, I can go on with all the gods. He that has the Son, Jesus Christ alone, has life. And he that has not the Son does not have life. Now, I believe what my Bible says. I believe that the Scriptures are the Word of God. He that has the Son has life. You know, I remembered before I was a Christian, it was, uh, I was living, I had life. I was living, I was doing stuff, I was making crafts, I was, you know, meeting with people, I was getting married, I was having children. I mean, I was living, I had a life. But when I received Christ as my Savior, it was like everything turned in color. The clarity that I got from receiving Jesus into my heart was Thousands of percent of what I had. I had no idea. I needed Jesus either. Do you need him? Do you even think, no, I don't need that religion? Well, neither do I. It's not about religion. It's about Jesus. You know, you know what killed Jesus? Religion. I rest my case. He didn't like it either. All the religious leaders and all those Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes and lawyers, they're the ones that killed Jesus. Wow. Think about it. Matthew six twenty five says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, yet nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than raiment, more than meat, and body more than raiment? So here's the thing. We're always thinking about how we're going to die, when we're going to die, who's going to, you know, take care of our stuff. What are we, you know, we got living trust, we've got wills, we've got stuff to make sure that our stuff after us goes to the right people. Doesn't end up in probate and go to the government or something, right? So we're making sure of that. That's good. I've done it. You can do it. But here's the thing. Don't dwell on it because you're robbing your life from today's living. You're looking about, oh, after I'm dead, Well, after your day, you're not gonna care. So, why don't you just care about what's going on in front of you? Why don't you care about the people in your life right now? Your family, the people that are mad at you. Maybe you need to reconcile. Hey, let's become the bigger people. Let's become overachievers, aboveers, not belowers, not under the bridge, but over the bridge. You know, the Bible talks about us sitting with Jesus in the heavenlies. Where's the heavenlies? Down there? No, up. We can go sit with Jesus in the heavenlies. And when I do that sometimes, I imagine myself sitting in between Jesus and God on his throne, sitting there in between him going, woo, look at that little tiny globe below the world. It's like this big, what's on there? Sickness, disease, issues, floods, hurricanes, COVID-19, people, situations, circumstances and cares. Oh, way over there, way over there. And I'm like up here going, woo Because I'm sitting with the Lord in the heavenlies and my mind is on things above. That's what the scripture tells us to do. Don't think about on the world. Think about heaven, what's going on there. Now, not after you die. I'm not talking about dying and going to heaven. I'm talking about, the Bible tells us in one of the, uh, the prayers, the Lord's Prayer says, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, people, now. So Matthew 10 39 says he that finds his life shall lose it and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it well that's interesting well I thought i was supposed to you know have life have life have life and now that by finding the life I'm gonna lose it no what it's telling you here is that when you find your life and and if you lose your life for his sake you shall find it in other words Take up your cross daily and follow him. Putting your needs aside, putting your desires aside, putting your lusts aside. See? Now you're finding the Lord. Hold on to his future. Hold on to what he has for you. Hold on to his life. What he's given you today. First Timothy 6 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. On eternal life hold on to eternal life I want to tell you something do you know that your eternal life starts today mm-hmm. it doesn't start after you die <laughs> eternal life starts the minute you receive Christ into your heart the minute you receive Christ into your heart today is an eternal life I'm living in my eternal life because I will never die yep yep that's right I will never die the real I inside me, the spirit person, my, my life that's in me, this body is just a mobile home, you might say. It just gets me around. But the real me inside lives forever. It will never die. My body might go to the earth, you know, and have all the elements and things that happens, you know, and whatever goes on with the body, but my spirit is alive and well and eternal. Eternal. So is yours, whether you believe it or not. It is eternal. So, what should this life consist of then, okay? Let's take a look at Luke. Luke 12, 13 through 21. Luke 12, 13 through 21. And this was a huge eye-opener for my husband and I. We have been talking a lot about inheritances lately because he was supposed to get a, a huge sum of inheritance and he didn't get anything. So that has been kind of bothering him. And I have a feeling some of you out there have been jilted in a few things yourself, like, wow, oh, they didn't give me, I didn't get nothing from my mother, oh, I didn't get nothing from my father. They didn't even acknowledge I was born. You know, So you have all these different feelings inside that you missed out on something. Let me read something to you and I believe it's gonna help you, just like it helped my husband and I. Luke 12, 13 through 21. And one of his company said to him, talking to Jesus, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me." <laughs> how many times do we say, Lord, God, look how they're acting. Would you make them better so that I can be happier? I, they need to change so that I'm okay. I need to get what they're supposed to give me. Please Lord, give it to me. You see, this is what this, is what this guy is saying. Um, please tell them to divide the inheritance with me. And you know what Jesus said? And he said to him, man, who has made me a judge or a divider over you and he said take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses ouch and ouch you can't say amen say ouch and then he spoke a parable to them saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do because I have no room to put all my stuff. Now, I have to ask you all, how many have sheds on their property? I know, I do. It's like, okay, I need another shed to put more stuff in, right? And it says here, "Um, what shall I do? And he said, this is what I'll do. He's talking to himself. What shall I do? Oh, let me see. Let me think about this. So do we ever ask ourselves, what should I do? Hmm, let me think, let me think, uh, I think I'll do this. We don't ask the Lord, we ask ourselves. Okay, so that's a big mistake. So what does he do? He says, this is what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater barns, and there will I put all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to myself, Ah, oh, you've laid such good stuff in this area. Be eased, eat, drink, and be merry. Ha ha! I can just relax now, because all my stuff is handled." And then God said to him, "You fool, this night your soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things belong, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You know, the riches in Christ Jesus isn't about a jaguar, a big house, a good job. The riches in Christ Jesus is righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, this morning, I wasn't feeling all that, oh, you know, it was all over the place. And I thought, well, I've got to come and, and do this video this morning at the church. And I go, Lord, I do know that your joy is my strength, because the Bible tells me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I said, you know what? I need strength. Do you need strength? You know what it's telling me? We're not in the presence of God because the Bible says in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And if the joy of the Lord is my strength, well, there you go. You gotta talk to the Lord yourself and say, hmm, maybe I'm not really in your presence, God. Maybe I'm in my own presence. Maybe I'm thinking about things I can do for me and come in conclusion about what I think, not what you think, see? And so I had to go to the Lord this morning, just this morning and say, Father, I need your joy. So, Father, I'm asking that your joy becomes my strength. Not my joy, not my circumstances, not what's going around to make me happy or feel good. No, your joy in me. So, Lord, I want your joy. I want the joy of you. And as I began to say that, my whole attitude changed. Everything that was bothering me yesterday is not even in today. Isn't that cool? What if everything that happened from here past is gone? You can have it if you're in the presence of God. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no lies. All right. In order to have a life that's filled with love and good days, you better be honest. And not hang out with evil things. End of story. See how easy it is to understand what the scriptures say? Second Peter one three says, according as he has divine power, hath given to us all things that pertain unto life. Okay, let's see what they are, okay? All things pertain to life. Godliness, knowledge of him, glory, virtue. Now those aren't tangible things, are they? They're spiritual things. And that's the life we're talking about. Your life is hid with Christ with these spiritual things. So here's the thing. Your life matters. Black lives matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. Let's quit distinguishing between them. You know, I have a a picture of uh, skeletons. There's There's like six skeletons. Across the top it says, Um, uh, Jewish, black, Indian, white, and then the last one says pirate because it's missing a leg. But they're all the same skeletons people. We're all the same. Just the outside, the mobile home might be different. You know everybody who buys a house goes, oh I like five bedrooms, oh I only want two bedrooms, oh I don't want to clean my house, I only want one bedroom. All right, Your mobile home, the place where you live, does not represent who you are inside. We are all connected. Our lives matter. Have you ever done a puzzle and missed a piece? Can't find it, looked all over the floor, you can't find the piece. When you set it up on the table or hang it up on the wall, where does your eye go? To the hole. Why? Because something's missing. And that's what happens in our churches today. Our church could be full, but there's holes here people are missing they're they're getting involved with the world they're they're thinking that their house is more important than being at church their their things are more important their family is more important you know and they're def- they're, they're not they're not uh, considering the assembling of the saints together the bible talks about don't forsake the assembling together assembly is a church that's what that means and so when, we're, when, when I look out and see somebody missing, I go, ooh, ouch. Somebody's missing, I wonder if they're okay. You see, so when we look out into the congregation, we're wondering what's happening with the people. We gotta pray, Lord, bring them. Bring them back, because they matter. As a butterfly theory, you guys might say, the butterfly effect, I think you've heard about it, where uh, the butterfly wings, when it flaps a certain way, it can impact years down the road. Well, whatever. I do believe that our lives impact way down the road. Let's say right now um, that you are a grain of sand. Okay, the Bible tells us that we're going to be like the grain of sand. That's how many people are going to be on the earth when Abraham starts to replenish the earth. He says, your whole generation is going to be like the sand of the sea. Well, let's take one of those grains of sand and throw it out. What if that grain of sand was your mother? <laughs> Would you be here? What if that grain of sand was Abraham? Would any of us be here? What if that grain of sand was Noah? Nobody would be here. You see, that one grain of sand, that one in a million, you, you matter. Your life matters. We're a part of the puzzle. You know that little song, the ankle but the ankle bones connected to the leg bone, the leg bones connected to the knee bone. Well, it's true. Our body is even connected. When you have a headache, don't put an ice pack on your head. Put it on the bottom of your feet. I'm just saying, because it's connected. Um, if you look on history uh, in the, uh, on, on the web or whatever, you can see a chart, foot reflection chart. Now, I don't go behind all this. This is like new agey, but it's true. See, the thing is that devil uses truth to distort the truth, okay? So then he uses this for his own purpose and glory. He takes it and puts it on a person instead of it being from God. God knew that these things were connected in our body. So it's a truth. But I'm not going to support any of those new age uh, modalities, but I am going to believe that my body is connected and it's going to take care of itself. It's built to take care of itself. The other thing that happened is, with my mother, she's a, she was definitely a prayer warrior. And um, you know, God looks at our heart, doesn't he? Do you know anybody in the church that you go, oh man, they're going to church, mm. right? Or then you go to another uh, facility and you go, man, they're the nicest people I've ever known. And they don't even go to church. Okay, so here's the thing. My mother was a, a praying mother and she had this cross. My name is right in the top. There's six girls and she prayed for us constantly. I don't believe I would be here today if it wasn't for her prayers. And so because of her praying, she demonstrated God's love, and she if she, she would even pray over her meals, even though nobody else was praying over their meals, I don't know of a day she never prayed over her own meals. And she was 89 years old, and she says to me, "Linda, I'm so old. What can I do? What does what my life matter? What's, what am I going to do?" You know what I told her? I said, "Mom, if it wasn't for you praying for me, I wouldn't be here helping thousands of people." I have a, a website, ministry, and people watching us. I, I We just did a show, and then a, and one day we had 168 people watching it. So that was just one day. Those are the people my mother is impacting. See, her little seed, her little life mattered. Seemed little. It grew, didn't it? It's like a You throw a a rock in a pond, a little rock. It's so tiny, but what does it do? It makes ripples, doesn't it? It ripples and it makes it, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and that's how your life is. You are important. Jesus' life was important. You know, Jesus was like this. He actually gave his life. He didn't have anybody take it from him. You know what the scriptures say about that? John 10:18. No man takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So he knew that his Father gave him the power to call legions of angels to save him from the cross. But he chose to stay there because of his love. Because he wanted to give us that abundant life. That he had promised. Matthew 26:53 says, "Think not that I can now call my, tell my father that he would presently give me more than twelve thousand legions of angels." See, Jesus' life was not taken from him; he gave it for us. Now, if it was taken, that'd be a different story. But he gave it to us so that we can have a life. A life abundantly. So when we receive Christ as our Savior, guess what? We're no longer our own because why? He bought our life with His life. A price was paid. When you buy something and you gave a price, you know, you paid $20 for something and you get that item. Do you get your $20 back? No, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone into wherever. And so when you receive Christ as 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 your Savior, your life is no longer your own. Wow, and you know what it does? It goes everywhere, there's so much you can do when you've received Christ as your Savior. The value of anything is the price that is paid. 1 Corinthians 6 says, What, know ye not that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. Well, I'm gonna close with this. On A Wonderful Life, the movie, George Bailey wanted to die. He wanted to give up because he had a hard situation ahead of him, he didn't wanna to go to jail, he was looking at that, he thought life was over the way he thought it to be, he, he missed out on his trips, he got married, had a bunch of kids, he was like, I'm done, I wanna die. So he went to go and kill himself and of course the angel saved him and he recognized that his life mattered because without him, his brother wouldn't have saved a hundred men when he flew a plane in the war. He would have died and all those men would have died. See your life matters, what you do today matters tomorrow. So I want to pray for you that your life is hidden in Christ. Colossians 3 says, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Father we thank you Lord that uh, we know that our life is hidden in you and we also know that our life matters it's important it's valued and we're asking Lord that you give us a purpose in our life because when we have purpose we have peace so Lord I ask that every person here ask you Lord, Lord what is my purpose today? Like my mother, what was my purpose? And I said, it's praying. So Lord, I'm asking if if people don't have anything to give, let them pray. Let them pray, God, because you're going to move by prayer. You move by prayer. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And I'm asking for your peace, your love, and your healing power to touch every life watching in today. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.